construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. All right, and welcome, 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 yes, to the Flagstick Podcast presented by Ping Golf Canada. If you're looking to improve your game, then you need to check out the entire family of G425 drivers, fairway woods, hybrids, and irons. Visit ca.ping.com for more information. All right. Well, we're back. We're back. Scott McLeod and Jeff Botter are here with you. We took another week off, but when we take these weeks off, it's because (laughs) we have to. And it wasn't really a week off. I mean, if anybody has been living under a rock for the last week, especially in this region, the CP Women's Open just uh, wrapped up on Sunday at uh, Ottawa uh, Hunting Golf Club. And... um, Scott McLeod was on site, as well as uh, Joe Flagstick Joe Joe McLean was on site all week long. Yeah, Chris Stevenson as sundown. well. Chris Stevenson, CJ, yes, he was, uh, um, you know, working with us and uh, doing some, all things Flagstick uh, throughout the week as well. So we had a whole crew on site, guys, sun up to sundown, literally sleep deprived. <laughs> nutrition deprived <laughs> you name it and uh yours truly cruised in for uh three or four days uh to see what was going on and to to get the lay of the land and watch some golf and talk to some people and so we had a we had a full crew and a on on site for the whole week so that's why we weren't podcasting recording yeah. podcasts of the week because that would have been kind of throwing in a little too much i think uh for yeah, yeah, it was a bit. It was a busy week. There was uh, a lot of steps uh, done. I think I averaged about twenty thousand some odd steps a day. You know, following lots of players. Uh, I I said it to a lot of people. I I said it on a couple of uh, uh, radio appearances and stuff as well. This this was a Super Bowl for us. Oh yeah. Um, you know, getting the LPGA within the National Capital Region here in Ottawa, Canada. Uh, you know, once every five years, you know, it's been, been 2017 since it was here. Um, this was a huge occasion. And I mean, everybody was there and we'll get into it more when we get into the back nine, but, um, like I said, it was just a busy week and, uh, trying to throw in a podcast there wouldn't have, wouldn't have worked too well. Yeah, I know, but a little, a little much <clears throat> plus, I mean, a lot of stuff going on that whole week. So there's a lot of stuff that was, uh, uh information gathered that we can now share. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, now that the whole event is over, we can talk about it. So um, that said, yes, we have uh, um, an unbelievable amount of information to get through this week uh, on the podcast. Uh, so we don't want to waste a whole lot of time, but we do want to make sure that we, we tell you we're going to wrap up the CP Women's Open. Uh, in Product Watch, we're going to discuss some trends um, that we saw throughout that week and that we've seen throughout the year on the LPJ tour a little different when it's all close up. Um, and Kevin Haim wants to help you get the tension out of your starting position. Uh, so without further ado, let's get right to it. Cause there's lots to get to. Let's get to the front nine presented, of course, always by our good friends at Metcalf uh, golf club, a natural setting, a present challenge, looking for fun golf at a great rate, say 15% when you prepay at metcalfgolf.com. So front nine, Scott, let's mm-hmm. get to it. Um, the aforementioned Metcalf uh, Golf Club is one of our sponsors. It's been the sponsor of Front Nine all all year long. But um, a big event every year uh, in this season is the Metcalf Charity Classic. Has been for I'm thinking now 21 years. Yeah, hard to believe. 
I know. And we've been there every step of the way with them since mm-hmm. day one, presenting sponsor. Uh, yes, Metcalf is close to my my home, in fact, right across the street. Um, so very community-based uh, uh, sponsorship and involvement for us. Great client, uh, great facility, great family. Um, they raised, a lot of greats. I know, but it is great. <laughs> they raised $14,000 yeah. for the Osgood Care Center, which is a... Uh, which is a um, long-term care facility uh, in the Osgood area, serving Metcalf Greeley, you know, the whole Ottawa area. Yeah, south a, end a of lot Ottawa, of people for sure. In this area, and that's all. That's that's one hundred ninety-three thousand dollars that's been raised in that twenty-one years for the Osgood Care Center. Phenomenal. Just yeah, phenomenal. you know what? Events like this are really the heart of of golf. Um, people don't realize, or a lot of people don't realize, how much. Uh, golf tournaments are used as a tool to raise money for charity and that's one of the great parts of the game a lot of people want to get together um, raise money for good causes and you know there's billions literally raised every year in Canada by golf tournaments like this so uh, you know good on uh, Metcalf for continuing to do the event very you know it's a challenge to to run something like that for over two decades and the fact that they still do it um, great for them and obviously great for the golf, uh, for the Osgood Care Center and great for the community. It's a lot of greats. It is great. <laughs> See, man. See how we... hard it is not to say great when you're <clears throat> speaking of something that's great. <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a cool story because is. this is a follow up. This is, this is a, this is a, a try, uh, a triumph of sorts, um, we, st- we did this story um, on flagstick.com. 2015. Yeah, 2015, man. So yeah. let me, let me let, why don't you tell the story about David Stockwell? Yeah, so I'll, I'll preface this. There's a, a gentleman uh, from Ottawa uh, who uh, was a former public servant who uh, sort of went on a quest. And it's, it's one a lot of people maybe thought about before but never realized it could be possible to do. Um, there are Royal golf courses, designated Royal golf courses around the world. In fact, there's 66 of them. So these are golf courses that basically have Royal patronage and there are, they're designated to use the Royal name. Now we'll say there's a couple out there that maybe have used the Royal designation uh, unofficially, but these are the courses that have used uh, the Royal designation. And, and uh, David came to us, uh, our Joe McLean got to know him pretty well. Uh, and did a feature story in 2015 about his quest uh, to play every single Royal golf course around the world. Uh, now, obviously, you know, things like, you know, COVID, yeah, uh, just like general travel, in the way. general travel, uh, you know, there's a lot of complications that go into this quest of, of, to be able to do it. And you know what, we, uh, we got an update from, from David this week, which we have now have up on flagstick.com. Uh, it took him 47 years. Wow. But he finally did it. He got the last one in. And it's a very unique last private golf club that most people don't know about. That is called the Royal Household Golf Club, uh, located next to Windsor Castle. And uh, if people want to go up to flagstick.com, they can get the full details up there of the experience, how he got in there, what it was all about. And, you know, the fact that now he has completed uh, all 66 Royal Golf Clubs incredible. around Yeah, kind of neat. Really cool for him. That's incredible. And what a way to finish on the, you know, to, to get the, obviously that was likely going to be his last one because, you know, such a, such a rare 
um, a rare find to even know know that it's there, let alone be able to play it. So, yeah, uh, incredible. Um, okay, so uh, congratulations, David, uh, on your completing your your quest. And uh, yeah, anybody wants to read a little bit more about that, uh, go to flagstick.com. That's where you'll find it. You All right, um, the East Coast Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, Ty Salone. Salone. Yep. Am I getting that right? Salone. You, you got it. Salone. Yep. Um, this was. Uh, so why don't you talk about this, Scott? Because you're a little bit more familiar with the East Coast Pro Tour than I am. But uh, why don't you talk about this one? Yeah, this is significant. Just uh, so Ty's from Long Sioux, down near the Cornwall area. Uh, fine young golfer. Followed him lots during his career, and uh, you know he obviously he went on from uh, junior and amateur golf to play at uh, college at, at Eastern Michigan. Uh, had a great career there, um, and then he decided to turn pro. So uh, you know when guys turn pro or and women as well, um, you don't always jump up to the big circuits. You got to play really? some of the mini tours uh, <laughs> before you get access. You got to get the experience, and he happens to be playing one of the tours that he's playing is the East Coast Pro Tour. Which, you know, is based in Quebec, uh, has some events down in the States, Eastern Canada. It's been operating for a few years now. And he's had some good finishes, uh, but he finally got his first win. He uh, he won the Sutton-Quebec match play. Uh, that's his first pro win. So so good on you, Ty. Congratulations. Uh, he beat out Mark Casulo, who was actually a winner uh, on various tours. So it was a, it was a good uh, a good win for him. Beat him out four, four and three in the final. Uh, so a nice win for Ty. And, you know, again, it's a player that we've watched for a long time and, and we're going to continue to watch uh, just like we do, you know, a lot of these young players yeah. in Canada. I mean, there's so many that are coming up. Uh, people always, you know, say, oh, where are the next great golfers coming from? Well, they're already here. They're already around. Yeah. Uh, there's just going to take a while to get the seasoning and to work their way up onto the tours. But, you know, the talent pool is super deep. And this is just showing, you know, here's another golfer that, 99% of the uh, other people in Canada probably don't even know about. So, you know, pay attention to Ty Salone for sure. It's funny because people don't realize, I mean, I'm sure people realize, but but how difficult it really is to mm-hmm. get to the PGA Tour because it's not just about getting there. No. It's about there being a spot for you when you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's only so many spots that that are available each year for PGA Tour players to for someone to jump onto the tour, and in order yeah. for you to go go and take a take one of those spots, um, some somebody has to drop out. So yeah. for every 25 that get in, 25 are going back to the Corn Ferry Tour. They're going wherever. Um, generally speaking, if they they're off the PGA Tour, they're going back to Corn Ferry Tour. You know it's it's ridiculously tough to get there and there has to be a place for you when you arrive so just because there's a hundred good golfers like they're all really really good golfers like anybody that's playing the corn Ferry tour right now potentially has more than enough potential to play on the pga tour oh, yeah. and be the next dj or patrick reed or or you know rory mcelroy potentially i mean any of these guys could be the mm-hmm. next guy that finishes top 10 every week on the pga tour but before they finish top 10 on the tour they got to get there yeah. And yeah, getting there sure. is not just about being a good golfer. No. And, and, you know, there's gotta be spots there. And obviously with the, uh, you know, the arrival of things like the live tour, there's, there's more spots on the PGA tour available. We won't yeah. even get into that, but you know what? that's, a, that's a positive. I guess that there, there is a positive is. to the live tour is that it's opening, yeah. you know, with those guys leaving and going to live golf, at least for the time being until things sort themselves out there, maybe they end up back. But, um, 
I hope not. There's more space opened up for new golfers, rookie golfers to come up and that's opportunity. Uh, well, know, the, for, the, for every the big... D, for every DJ that goes to live, there's another DJ playing the yeah. Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, well, the difficulty is is that golf, the lifespan for a pro golfer in their career lasts a lot longer than other sports. Yes. So if we look at you know a pro football player, I mean, a pro football player might play three years in their career. Yeah. Uh, a long career in the NHL might be 10 years. Um, so the thing is, is we've got pro golfers that are playing for 30 years. Um, so yeah. it's a lot harder to get those spaces. And and obviously there's a lot of people that want those spaces, but uh, you know, it, it's some of these smaller tours where players have to grind it out. I've said it many, many times. Um, usually the money runs out before the talent does uh, because, you know, in pro golf, you certainly have to, you know, pay your way a little bit. You got to pay your expenses. There's not a case of a guaranteed paycheck or whatever. Um, so good on, you know, some of these young players, both in the male and female side that are, you know, grinding away and trying for their opportunity to get themselves up onto the bigger tours. But, you know, that takes a certain level of uh, perseverance and, and then success at these lower levels to kind of work their way up, get the attention, also yeah. maybe get the attention of sponsors that provide them support and, and be able to work their way up. So uh, good luck to Ty Salone. Congratulations on that first win. And we look forward to covering more of them. Exactly. All right. So off to one of our favorites, Smugglers Glen. Um, no stranger to hosting some big events, obviously Great Waterway Classic on PGA Tour Canada for for a few years there, uh, was hosted a number of provincial championships. Uh, you know, host of the uh, the original, the flagstick shootout, mm, yeah. um, which which I must say we are we are trying to see what we can do about bringing that back. So details to follow someday. Yeah, um, I like that tease. <laughs> it's details coming. to follow. Um, but uh, they uh, once again were at it, hosting another uh, provincial championship, the uh, Golf Ontario U17 Championships, and um, um, I'm just looking here, Matthew uh, Javier, <laughs> Javier, did I get it, Javier, Javier, Javier from Scarborough Golf and Country Club, um, and Alyssa nice. Ju, three and Alicia Ju. Yeah. Uh, of Station Creek Golf Club uh, were the uh, Boys and Girls uh, Ontario Juvenile Championship winners, the U17, I guess everything's right. following the hockey world now. Um, 54 holes of golf um, and... Um, Some nice play. Yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah. incredible. Six under um, for for Matthew, a six under for the three rounds. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Alicia was even par. Yeah. Uh, so and that 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 course is no joke <laughs> no i mean yeah 50 54 holes there uh you know course is fantastic condition really nice setup reg millage uh from golf ontario uh he basically helped uh you know do the setup was very wise about the setup did some practice rounds and went out there <laughs> uh you know what to a person unfortunately we weren't able to get down there because it was happening at the same time as the yeah, of course. open week but you know i talked to a number of uh coaches a number of players everybody who attended there was just glowing glowing reviews for the for the work that you know the seal family and then you know jason boyce down there uh his team out on the golf course what they did in, in taking care of this place they were certainly ready um it was nice to see a, this provincial championship a golf ontario championship go to smugglers well yeah. deserved I, I would still say it's an underrated golf course because a lot of people haven't seen it. Maybe when I say a lot of people, I mean a lot of people from possibly like 
the GTA where the bulk of people are in Ontario mm-hmm. haven't made the trip down. So uh, once they do, I mean, I know when I was sharing just like uh, overhead drone photos, plane photos and stuff beforehand, people are like, whoa, where is this place? And, you know, once the people Doesn't got down here, a little bit, it's just it's kind of baffling. It's a, it's a, little a bit big because, province. You know. I mean, that's that's the thing. It is baffling to us because we're nearby and obviously we have a lot of experience with this golf course. But, um, you know, you also have to understand and realize that, you know, if you jump in a car and start driving and you drive 24 hours, you're still within the province if you head towards Thunder Bay. So yeah. it's a big place. Not everybody's going to get here. Not everybody's going to be familiar, whereas a lot of people would get to the GTA area. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just shows you that there's such quality golf courses around this province that, you know, just maybe don't get the attention, don't have the eyeballs. And it's events like this uh, with the Golf Ontario, the U17 championship that helps them get that exposure and already just hearing players uh, talk a lot about it, which is fantastic for them. And uh, kudos to everyone at Smugglers for, for being a great host this year. Yes, indeed. All right, uh, OVJ Senior Women's Intersectionals. Uh, we're getting, I think we're very close. close to wrapping up. I think we got one more. I think we got the the men's uh, senior men's intersectionals uh, still to go before we wrap up the intersectional season. Seems like a very long yeah. season of intersectionals, it, it, right? But it does, and uh, <clears throat> a couple of the sections are going to be uh, a couple weeks behind uh, with the takedown taking place at the Ottawa Hunt Club. They had to uh, obviously uh, postpone their their section, so that was the B section, uh, and there's also the one that's being held at uh, Metcalf. Uh, they're both being hosted on September 13th, so we obviously don't have full results, but yeah. uh, the Highlands Golf Club, uh, the team from there prevailed in uh, Class A. It was held at uh, Greyhawk. Uh, I will tell you, the A division went uh, Highlands, had 30 points, Royal Ottawa 27, Greedoview 19, and Greyhawk uh was eight so they will drop down into b and we don't know as of yet who will be the uh b team that moves up for 2023 cool all right um the uh the last thing on the ovj docket i know they Mm -hmm. got the tournament champions still to go before the end of the year um and i think there's another um i think there's another event uh uh, as well i think there's uh, some type of team event Mm -hmm. um but uh, the ovga cup um com- concluded uh, at yeah. Camelot Golf and Country Club um and uh there were finalists in the women's senior men's and men's division yep and now the OVJ Cup is kind of a small smaller event um that started in 20 and 2019 mm-hmm. um and uh the entry is only available to uh the top 25 players on the order of merit uh, 15 women, 15 men, 15 senior men. 40, 45 total. Sorry, 45. Yeah, 45. Um, who have played a minimum. They have to have played a minimum of two OVGA competitions during the Correct. season. Yeah, it's a good way to encourage players to get involved uh, mm-hmm. in playing the events because it's another little bonus, the fact that, uh, you know, if they're they're involved and earn enough points, they have the access to, to play in this event. Exactly, exactly. And um, the... Um, uh, well, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you wrap it up. <laughs> you go have your coffee. I'm reading here. Oh my god! I swear to God, I did not sleep last night. I know I did, but I swear to God, I didn't because I feel like I'm just. You're probably you're probably tired know, from our. Morning. You're probably tired from our. Uh, you know, our whole location setup uh, day yesterday at Brockville Country yeah, Club because I we did so the, much. We, 
we beat the rain though so we did good, beat so. the rain and the storm and whatever although I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about that rain late a little later but all right no worries uh winners uh for the individual as far as the cups uh lee's judenville won the uh, women's division uh joan o'connor won in a playoff with uh uh venema peter venema that was mm-hmm. who, who was and brad goodman from greensmere uh three-hole playoff there at camelot and peter harrison won the senior uh lee's also won the order of merit so did peter as well and then brad goodman won the order of merit for points for uh for the season for the obga but uh you know great event there uh, like you said, it's a small event, but uh, certainly one that players want to get into and, you know, and chance to win. The other cool part within this is that uh, Lise Dubinville, obviously, you know, we've covered her lots over the years. She has now put her name on every individual winner's trophy in the OBJ, as well as partnering with Brenda Pilon and team events and adding their names to the various trophies. So think about that. Wow. Every single OBGA women's trophy her name is now on so that's that's pretty incredible uh that's quite a feat for for lee so congratulations to her wow that's uh yeah yeah big one there's there's cementing your legacy yeah for sure way to go lee's nice job um now the obga staying on staying with the obga obviously uh we're going to stay with them for a little bit here but um the OVG hall of fame mm-hmm. um they uh this year the way they've been kind of doing the inductions is it's sort of been pockets of inductions uh rather than one big huge ceremony for every single inductee they've been doing mm-hmm. pockets of them throughout the year yeah. and um usually at their home club or where they're affiliated yeah. with just to make it uh, easier for everybody to get there and, and support them so for make sure better events um now the um the latest inductee uh, and um was uh lee curry yeah um, now lee's not uh it's not like we're talking about a guy who's in his 60s or 70s that's no no, no. massive career that's not the that's not the criteria for the ovga yeah. hall of fame um not to mention lee's accomplishments more than placed him in that uh in the hall of fame conversation mm-hmm. right away um, yeah for sure had one heck of a career uh as a golfer um you know, especially throughout this region, uh, he's very well known. I don't think anybody's. I don't think there's that many people that don't know who Lee Curry is. But for those of you that might not know exactly what Lee Curry has accomplished, mm-hmm. um, now, first of all, before we get to that, I just want to. I just want to talk about just really quickly. Um, you know, Lee gets up. He's at the the induction ceremonies. He gets up and takes the mic. And, uh, and, you know, I just want to read a quote here. Um, to receive this award is humbling to say the least. I think back to being a young golf junior golfer and looking up to the Tommy Moores, Chris McQuaggs playing golf and thinking, man, I'd like to be there someday. Those guys were so amazing and they were the best in the Ottawa area to be where they are. And I think, how did that ever happen? It's pretty cool for sure. Um, Lee's a quiet guy. He's very, very humble. Yeah. Um, not a limelight. Doesn't doesn't particularly like the limelight that much. So for Lee to get up and 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 those words and speak of you know Tom Moore and Chris McQuaig, you know these are the guys that mm. I was covering uh, OVJ events when I started Flagstick in 1996. Tom Moore and Chris McQuaig and Robert mm-hmm. McKay. These were the guys that that were the and Lee was 
Lee was a junior. I mean, he was a very yeah. young junior at that point. To see how much he's accomplished and mm-hmm. to see where he's come is it's it's incredible. That's yeah, incredible. I mean, uh, I've heard a lot of Lee Curry speeches over the years <laughs> in a lot of, a lot of tournaments, but uh, and, and as you said, um, he's usually very economical with his words. Mm-hmm. We'll put it that way. Uh, so for him to express that, that obviously is very important to him. You know, he's the 19th member of the OVJ Hall of Fame to go in here. And, you know, not only did he have a distinguished amateur career with many, many wins. I mean, we can go through the list, but, you know, that might take two podcasts to be able to go through it uh, as far as championships, you know, at the golf Quebec level uh, and obviously in the OVJ level uh, turn pro. Uh, was a fine pro as well. Still, uh, obviously, as a club professional, he's still uh, having great levels of success, having recently won his seventh uh, zone championship. Um, but, you know, we followed him all the way up to the Corn Ferry Tour as mm-hmm. far as play, uh, watched him play, you know, all sorts of different, uh, you know, winning a Canada Cup, winning a Great Lakes Tour, uh, all sorts of different things. So, you know, it's a well-deserved recognition, certainly for somebody who's, you know, put his stamp on the game. And uh, the cool part for him is that, you know, he did turn pro, he did become a club professional, and now he's a teaching professional at Camelot. So, you know, he's giving back to the game and, and maybe he's, you know, helping make the next Lee Curry. Uh, and maybe there's some kid that's there that's looking up to him, uh, just as he did for the Tommy Moores and Chris McQuags, uh, and will carry in his footsteps. Yeah, no, and, and I, I guess we we can, uh, you know, if anybody's looking to get more detail um, on his accomplishments and a little more detail mm-hmm. about the induction ceremonies, obviously, flagstick.com. Yeah. Um, you can check it all out there because uh, <clears throat> it will be posted there. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, we've been doing this for 26 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we talk about seeing these players like Lee Curry and 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 Brad Fritch and, and Brooke Henderson and, like – you know, we're not talking about covering these players when they were, you know, just when they were young. We're talking mm-hmm. about covering these players when they were younger than young, like, yeah. you know, and and <laughs> and playing when they were, you know, the very youngest of age before they were hitting before it they on. really lifted before they were lifting trophies. Yeah, like, that's like, that's the thing. It's like getting to know them before they're actually, you know, really good at yes. at the game, right? And yeah, it, it certainly creates a a great connection and. Yeah, I mean, we can get into it more and more, but I mean, watching these players, you know, pro at the play at the pro level. Yes. You know, last week, for an example, the CP Women's Open. I mean, we have a way different perspective on watching Brooke Henderson play golf than you know most of the people that are in the crowd. I mean, a lot of people know her as well. I mean, there's a lot of people that are familiar with her and and uh, you know know her from Smith Balls. But um, I was kind of laughing, thinking, how many how many miles have I walked following? brooke henderson or, or joe is <laughs> you know or or pictures yeah. that we've taken or or whatever which you know again you know it's a privilege and and uh you know it just creates a different connection and we see a different perspective and and uh yeah that's a fun fun part of being uh you know doing what we do i guess oh absolutely i mean that is that is it i mean it's it's seeing it from start to finish and or, yeah. you know it's not far from over from for any of these people we're talking about but you know, even even someone like Lee's Jubinville and going back to that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've been doing this since 1996. I've been covering Lee's yeah. accomplishments, you know, as a as a golfer for that long. Well, I, know, I, here's so. a, here's here's a great example. Uh, you know, I had a couple of people we were standing on the uh, standing on the range uh, behind the tee line at the CP Women's Open. And uh, it just so happened that, you know, there's a couple people that I knew that were standing over by Mon Ami LeBlanc's bag. 
mm-hmm. and we're having a good laugh over it saying oh okay she just left her bag here whatever that security that was there obviously everybody was inside the ropes was you know credentialed so it's not like anybody's going to walk away with a golf bag but uh you know Monami came over and we were having a chat we had a chat about her 2008 uh win at the <laughs> quebec amateur in camelot and how long ago that was so um of course you know i had to remind myself that that was just a couple of years ago for yes. sure um but again the fact that you know standing on a balcony with her you know her plate that she won for winning that quebec women's amateur and nobody else around and no media around and you know and then now all of a sudden you know a massive spotlight world-class player uh playing on the lpj tour uh having great success um you know but that that road's come a long way and and there's just a casual kind of relationship there and we actually uh bumped into each other again later in the week she had a whole bunch of family out at a a restaurant and we happened to be leaving at the same time and again just had a couple minute chat there or whatever and uh you know, it just creates that connection, that bond, and it just makes it a lot easier to have discussions with those players uh, and cover them and, and probably, you know, get some more earnest words yeah. from them rather than maybe what they would just share with somebody they, they've never met before. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, that wraps up the front nine, and we still got a lot, a lot of a show lot. left, a lot of yeah. show. Um, so we're going we're gonna to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk CP Women's Open uh, wrap-up. Uh, we're heading to the lesson T uh, with Kevin Haim, uh, who's uh, adamant about getting the tension out of your uh, tension out of your uh, body uh, at uh, your set in your, during your setup, and uh, and we're going to talk a little bit of uh, something unique on Product Watch uh, as well. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do all that. So stay with us. At Ping, we're an engineering company. Success is measured in the lab and on your scorecard. We focus on results, your results. In the G425 Max driver, that means more time in the fairway, less time in the rough. It means longer drives, shorter approach shots, and fewer putts. The new G425 drivers taking MOI to the max. Get fit today. Visit ca.ping.com to learn more about G425. All right, we're back. <laughs> My God, I thought it would get better in the back nine. I, I went and got another coffee. I'm ready to go. I, I even said when we came back, I said, Scott, I said, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm not ready to go. <laughs> You're gonna have to switch to espresso, I think. Oh, my friend. for God's sake! I can't. I got to put this coffee into me through intravenous, so it's a constant <laughs> flow of caffeine or something. I don't know what's going on. Anyways, yes, we're <laughs> back. Cool. Scott and Jeff here with you, um, and we're gonna head to the lesson T. However, <laughs> we're gonna go farther down. I, the tea. Yeah, we're gonna go further <laughs> down the T. I promised you. Um, that Kevin wanted to you to get the tension out of your swing. But in actual fact, two episodes ago, Kevin helped you get the tension out of your swing. So we don't need to go there again. Um, but thanks, Jake. Thanks, I, yeah, Jake. For yeah, thanks, us. Jake, for that and let, letting us know. But anyway, instead of that, what we're going to do is we're going to have Kevin help you with your trigger move. All right. All like right. That. So we're talking trigger move on the lesson to you with Kevin Haim. Um and of course, the lesson T is brought to you by the Kevin Haim Golf School. It's always the right time to play better golf. Whether you need private lessons, a better short game, some putting help, or a custom club fitting, 
Uh, visit kevinheem.com. And remember that better golf is a lot more fun, especially when you get the right tip. So uh, off to the lesson tee we go. And let's see what uh, Kevin has to say about uh, the trigger move. Okay, golfers, time for a quick tip. And this week, we're back to our resistance band. I taught you how to coil and load into that back leg a few weeks back. Today, I just wanted to give you a little move that can help your golf every single swing. It's a trigger move that I really like. Obviously, when I pull on this resistance band, if my midsection travels and the weight gets to the outside of my leg, I'm in big trouble. I don't want to do that. I want to turn or wind into myself. So here's your little quick tip for today. Take your trail knee and just point it in a little bit as a trigger move. So right before you go to swing that golf club, just kick in the knee just a touch. Put the weight on the inside of that back foot. Then as you rotate back, you'll have an easier time of loading into your thigh winding up properly for better shots. Swaying, traveling to your back outside leg is a killer in golf. Try my little trigger move and I bet you play better golf. Well, all right. There See, you that's, go. I mean, I mean, I don't know that that's better than... Maybe you than... need a trigger move for, you know, waking up in the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's called an alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> I think the internal alarm clock kept me up uh, all night uh, or something. I don't know. Anyways, uh, but yes, uh, yeah. I mean... It's certainly important, you know, as yeah. far as uh, players getting their swing started. Uh, we see a lot of people that are very static in their golf swings and need a way to get started. Uh, and, and definitely it's not something a lot of people think about, uh, but once they do think about it, they're like, Oh yeah, you know what? I do stand over the golf ball for a long time. Uh, I have to get my swing moving somehow. And uh, there you go. There's a, a, you know, a little, a little nugget to, to help you do that. Perfect. Okay. Trigger move. All right. Lesson T done. Back nine. You got and it. And the back nine is presented by Golf Sim Gurus. As always, work on your game all year round in the privacy of your own home. Custom golf simulator setups built to your specs and to fit your budget. Visit golfsimgurus.ca for more information. And uh, in fact, just talking to Andy McWilliams, who's mm -hmm. the uh, owner of Golf Sim Gurus. Uh, and uh, he's got a little project starting up in Kempville soon. However, I won't say much about it because it's not my place. However, it is getting close to time for uh, the fall is coming and simulators don't wait. If you're, if you're even thinking about oh wanting my. a golf simulator yeah. in your it built in your house, in your garage, uh, in your living room, if you wherever wife likes to let you do that kind of thing, or if your husband or lets husband. you do that kind of thing, um, you can call Andy at Golf Sim Gurus or visit GolfSimGurus.ca, and uh, you might want to do that sooner rather than later. Okay, one hundred percent. The the moment in the show we've been hoping to get to, we've been waiting to get to the CP Women's Open. Obviously, this was last week, uh, just wrapped up. Busy week for us, but now we get to wrap it all up for you in a tight little bow. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know what, Scott? Why don't you lead us into this because this is this was your baby all week. Uh, and, and I'll just, you know, I'll chime in when I got something important <laughs> to say, or I will turn my camera off and, uh, just drink my coffee, <laughs> try to wake up so I can at least get into product watch with you. Go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I think the big thing going into this, uh, you know, we had a, a number of, uh, preview episodes and talking about it, uh, a lot of big stories to, to come out of this week. Uh, and, you know, just to top them off, you know, obviously Brooke, uh, 
you know, Brooke Henderson is certainly the face of the LPGA, especially here in Canada, uh, getting her back here at a club where she's an honorary member, 45 minutes from her home in Smith Falls was going to be a big storyline uh, as it was. And we knew that was going to be a big case going in. Uh, you know, they ended up with uh, over 73,000 fans attended this tournament. And, you know, I would say 85% of those people were probably following Brooke. I know you waded into the Brooke crowd uh, a, a couple of times. Uh, it, it was wild, as we expected, certainly was going to be part of the story. Uh, you know, she had a lot of obligations early on in the week, uh, was on site very early, getting prepared. Uh, a lot of things that went into the week. But I mean, right from the start, people were following her around, um, started the official tournament with three birdies right away. And man, you could hear the whole place just start to rumble as soon as that happened. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't play out as everyone would probably hope. Uh, and we have to realize here, um, you know, golf's hard. Uh, and the fact that she won in 2018, came back, was in the final group in 2019. That was the last time the CP Women's Open was held. So this was nice as well. It was a bit of a comeback for the tournament. Hadn't been held, obviously, during the pandemic years. Uh, she ended up uh, shooting 269 in the final round. Ended up tied for 49th. But I tell you what, I didn't hear a fan that was you know, upset about not seeing her. Oh. And, you know, she <clears> sort <throat> of saw the silver lining as well, uh, realized that, you know, she's disappointed in not having her best stuff. Um, but she also knew why this tournament was so important, not only for the community, um, but just, you know, golfers in general, the club, so many different things. And, you know, I, I think in the end, while we, you know, can be disappointed in the fact that where she finished, we also have to understand that, you know, she she carried this tournament on her shoulders. Yeah. And I think the thing is they, they can't they can't have their best stuff every week. No. They can't happen. they can't be at the top of the leaderboard contending for every tournament every week. I mean, just look at the leaderboard. Yeah. Look at the leaderboard from the CP Women's Open, then take a look at the same leaderboard from the week before, and then take a mm -hmm. look at the same leaderboard from the week before that, and so on and so on down the road. It's very seldom you don't you don't get the same. I mean, golf is so much different now. You don't get that same look to the leaderboard week in and week out that maybe you used to. You know, when you always used to see. And I'm not sure you didn't you used to as well. And and I think hindsight says that player was in contention all the time but i mean tiger is an anomaly but mm -hmm. even on the lpga tour you know a huge year for a player you know might be four wins well that's four yeah. wins out of 35 tournaments so it's not like they're winning week in and week out and and dominating no, the game. So, no um again you know we just have to realize and understand and appreciate these are world-class athletes and, and as she as she said you know she didn't think she deserved the the crowd the people should have been going to watch other really good golf. Um, but I think what people learned from doing that or going to this event and even for the ones that, you know, got away from watching Brooke, you know, and maybe following some of the other groups, they realized how talented these players were mm -hmm. and they got to be fans of different players, which again, makes it healthy for the game to kind of spread that out because you, you don't want any sport dependent on one athlete. Um, if that happens, that that's a problem because if that athlete is not there or doesn't perform, then, you know, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. And, and so, um, so yeah, so unfortunate for Brooke not to be what she wanted to be, but, mm -hmm. but you know, 
Brooke doesn't suck. Come on. <laughs> no. Like, I mean, even the 69. Winner. Yeah. Even the 69 on the final day. I mean, the, the, okay. It's 269 yeah. and that golf course is pretty good. So take away from it what you will. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, you know, people uh, enjoyed following her and what, and, and, uh, and some of the other girls as well. However, um, one of the things that I noticed, um, you know, because I wasn't there every day like you were, but one of the things that I really noticed was, um, the infrastructure of the of the tournament, the way that the tournament was set up from the right. from the concession areas to the media mm-hmm. area to um, the way the driving range was set up, the fan zone that they had over um, mm-hmm. um, over by the driving range in between the driving range and the tenth yep. tee, and the the caddy lounge. I mean, all these extra little things that the players and the caddies were saying, like this is you know this is the best that it is on tour. Yeah. Like this is the best that we get on the, on the tour. And I mean, that's what I noticed the most. Mm -hmm. And the ease at how things just like we flowed around that golf course, watching golf. I was there with my son, Brandon on the, on the, the Friday. And we just, we flowed around watching golf and there was no issue. Yes, there were crowds, but that's expected, but it was just so easy to move Mm -hmm. around and like really well done. Yeah. You know, tournament director, Ryan Paul, um, backed by a lot of people. I mean, obviously there's a lot of volunteers. There's a lot of members from the club that were involved. This thing was pretty seamless. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to a lot of pro events and, you know, it's such a great location, not only a fantastic golf course, but, you know, from a logistic standpoint, uh, you know, with a lot of space across the street, airport nearby, uh, restaurants, hotels, access to everything yes it's not right downtown but you know players wandered down there when they wanted to um it is such a great spot and there was just so many different elements here and uh, as you said you know whether it was the caddy lounge or player dining or you know just seamlessness of people be able to get around there was there's no logistic issues i mean you get that when you go to some events where people complain about you know i had to wait three hours for a shuttle bus or you know whatever the case may be there's lots of different things that can happen uh viewing areas were poor or whatever this wasn't the case this is well thought out uh it went really well there was a lot of smiling faces there was a lot of access for the kids the kids could get close from, uh, you know, autograph lines, areas where they could get to exclusively. Um, it, it just made for a fun festival-like environment uh, without being crazy. And, and no disrespect to the RBC Canadian Open this year, but um, while it was a, a cool environment, some things certainly, I think, got a little bit out of hand uh, as far as, you know, the broskies and the beverages and whatever. It, it got, you know, everybody wants to be the waste management open until they become the waste management open Mm -hmm. so while there's a fun environment and there's a certain level that you can get to there's a point where there's some diminishing returns and you know we don't see that so much in the lpj tour uh and we certainly didn't see it in this and everything was very controlled well very well executed um and, and as you said you know seamless to get in there and get out of there you know the caddy lounge next to the range the they loved it. You know, caddies are taken care of. They're up in player dining. The players, I mean, they love Ottawa. They love coming to Canada. The fans supported them. They were very positive. 
Um, I never heard a boo, which you will hear sometimes, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, on the, on the PGA tour. Um, they were certainly polite. They were knowledgeable. Um, you know, marshals didn't have a lot of heavy work to do, uh, as far as, you know, controlling crowds and things and, you know, kudos to the Ottawa hunt and golf club. I know, I know this is, a, I know this is a difficult thing for members to take on. Um, you know, especially for yeah. them having gone through the Derrico storm back in May, uh, losing 16 days uh, of operations as far as being able to play golf. And you know what? Um, you, you know, as well as I, we've talked about it here a lot, you know, losing 1100 trees and all the work that went into that by, you know, Eric Ruse and his team and everybody they brought in who, you know, really got out of the golf course a week before yeah. this tournament started. Um, just you know, I, I can't, uh, I can't praise everyone uh, enough for how this went. And, you know, also to the 73,000 people that, you know, showed up uh, yeah, and, big time. and attended the crowd. So, um, you know, what were your thoughts as far as, you know, maybe not from the media side of it, but from a, you know, a spectator side of it, because you got to see that a little bit more. Well, yeah, that's the spectator the, side. You get, like you, got, said, a mix, that you was, got a mix of it. You know? That was the big thing uh, for, for me is, is the Friday that I spent out there with, uh, with my son. And yeah. uh, just wandering around, um, we sort of had a plan. Uh, we he hasn't seen the golf course since uh, the last time that the uh, the CP Women's Open was here, right? And um, so that's a fair. No, you know, <laughs> he's fifteen now, so he was ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he didn't really remember much about the golf course. Sure. You know, from back then, he really wasn't paying as much attention to the golf course as he was the golf. This time, he was paying more attention to the golf course. Right. And we just basically got onto the property. Uh, the shuttles from the from the parking lot were piece of cake, drop off in. We wandered around, um, and uh, sorry, we were there on the Saturday, not the uh, not the Friday. Um, we wandered around. We started the first tee, and we basically, you know, we played eighteen holes. Right. We weren't really too concerned about who was on which hole. Mm -hmm. We just wanted to see a lot of golf, and it was really easy. Just to, you know down the sides of the ropes. I mean, yeah, there were some crowds when we finally did get to, to, uh, to Brook. Um, yep. it was a lot harder to get close. So we had to jump ahead about four holes and sort of sit right by the rope. <laughs> so, you know, we sat, ended up sitting by the ropes on, on, uh, on, uh, the tee on 16 and, yep. uh, just sat right against the ropes so that when she did come up to tee off on 16, we could see her up close and personal. And at the same time, we just turned around and watched approach shots into, into 18 uh, mm -hmm. for, you know, for an hour. And then, so it was the, the, the experience was great. We, um, we were, um, the heritage club area was sort of where we had, um, we had tickets to, to uh, yep. get in for food and dining. We got to go up into the balcony and sit down and have a bite to eat. Yep. Thank um, you. So Shout you... out Ryan Logan for the assistance there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciated that. Um, and the concessions were busy, but that's to be expected. Um, yeah. So it was nice to to go into another area, but that was, you know, one of those premiums, you you know, if people wanted that, they paid a little extra to get that kind of treatment. But that's the way these things work. You, you know, sure, you want a different experience, you you, yeah, you, you pay buy for a different experience. And that's right. really what it comes down to. So um, I, I thought it was awesome. I don't really remember much from 2019 from the experience of it because or I was 2017 or sorry, 2017. See, this is crazy. <laughs> More coffee. Can't even have another sip of coffee. Oh my god! Um, I don't remember as much from then because it was so long ago. But it was also, right. you know, I, I was focused on something a little different then. But yeah. this time, I kind of absorbed everything. 
um and i got to experience everything and that uh you know i can see where the fans would have just had an unbelievable yeah. time and, and the course was great too i mean i, I was oh my fortunate. god was it ever yeah you know it showed really well on tv um i was fortunate to get uh you know in ups up up close and inside look uh on the tuesday um doing a little caddy and duty for uh one of their, our young canadians michelle Liu, and uh it was just mint uh from tea to green and and everything possibly that could be done was done uh i saw the crew out there is immediately after you know the groups would, would get done they were out there taking care of things uh you know filling divots you you name it they were they were taking care of that place and uh you know, the players loved it. The the layout was so good. And, you know, I heard the word major championship a few times uh, out of their lips of just just the quality uh, of the golf course. Uh, The rink was a fun experience too. Yeah, it was different. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time for an an addition to, uh, you know, to the CP Women's Open. If people are not familiar uh, or maybe you're not familiar with hockey, basically they had a setup with uh, hockey boards uh, around the tee area. Uh, obviously had their marshals decked out in referees uniforms zamboni. Uh, people were bang- yeah zamboni people were rattling you know smashing their hands against the boards making some noise and stuff like that so that was a little bit of a you know a rowdier experience as it is they had some jerseys available for for uh, players uh, if they wanted to throw them on or if they wanted to bring their own um yeah it's, it was just fun something different players liked it uh, some of them threw out some uh you know some extra gifts and things that they had uh, i didn't see it in the end daniel kang had some items from the gretzky family that she was throwing out uh i saw a couple other head covers being thrown out by a few other players um yeah just just neat and and uh just a, a nice addition and i think i think the players enjoyed that as well it was a very canadian experience for those yes players. very much so now um let's get to the winner yeah uh, uh quickly here um sure paul uh, op- you know paul Arito, she opens up with a 62 yeah, a lot of incredible. times you open up with a 62 you know what do you do to back it up yeah well exactly. she just played three do. more three more extraordinary rounds of golf after the yeah. 62 and was was you know she she wasn't at the top of the leaderboard start to finish but but she was up and down she was there um but she was rating contention the whole weekend and yeah. And what's incredible about this is that uh, Paula Rita, this is her ninth year on the tour. It is. It's 157 um, events played, events yeah. that she's played without a yeah. win. Yeah. This is her first win. Yeah. And she looked like her game. <laughs> did, she honestly, looked like a non-winner, was, didn't she? My God, she did not look like a non-winner. Yeah. She, was, she was dialed in. Everything was like, even when she missed, her up and downs were incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, she she managed her game extremely well. Like when Looked we watched calm her play, too, eh? oh my like gosh, she's and so time. so happy. The big loop earrings on there. Yeah, she just yeah. looked like she was having fun. Yeah. There was no, I mean, and I'm sure that inside she was probably like grinding which she said, it out. Which she said she was nervous for sure. But, she was nervous on the final putt, which was just like a, a little short putt. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't, and and it was and it was for something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not like she had a four shot lead coming down 18. No, she still she had, had four to, shot lead earlier in the nine, yeah, but that was she, only the fourteen. She yeah. still had to, you know, she still had to finish that round of golf, and yeah. she did, and it just looked like she, eh, hey, hello, it's all good. 
Yeah. You know, yeah, I and, mean, and, and, and she got past, you know, Nelly Corda, obviously a yeah. you know, super accomplished player and Hajin Choi, who had, uh, you know, had uh, a chance to uh, to tire as well on 18. So, you know, she really had to close out the deal. It wasn't like it was an easy, easy walk there, although she made it look that way. Yeah. Um, you know, she flared her three wood out to the right side on 18, uh, had a not great lie down there. Thankfully, she had a lot of green to work with and but again, she was she was super nervous. But uh, you know, she putted incredibly. Uh, a friend of ours who used to do the T Talk podcast with us happened to be in the same group yeah. because he was caddying for Charlotte Thomas, so Stefan Tidor, uh, and he got to watch that sixty-two uh, up close. And he said, "Man, she just made thirty footers, forty footers. She just made everything during that sixty-two. Yeah. And you know, she had just started working this past week with uh, with Gareth Rafluski, uh, a Canadian coach who's actually from Ireland originally. Um, that was helpful. Obviously, she drew a lot of." Um, a lot of experience uh, or a lot of confidence, sorry, out of that first day and just carried it through, which, you know, as you mentioned, it's easy to do that. I won't say easy, but mm -hmm. a lot of times it happens at a tournament where a player will come out hot, you know, shoot nine under the first day and then just disappear. But, you know, yeah. she didn't disappear the whole week long. No, not at all. Um, now on Friday, it would have been mm -hmm. nice if this had happened on Sunday, but it didn't. Uh, yeah. But on Friday, um, you know, I, I guess if uh, if Brooke is uh, is you know Canada's uh, sweetheart yeah. when it comes to golf, then one uh, Lori... A and one B here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, big time. Lori Lori Keane is uh, um, was a big inspiration for Brooke, um, yeah. and she played in her final CP Women's Open uh, Championship uh, this year. Yeah. Very emotional, a uh, very emotional year, very emotional week, mm -hmm. very emotional. Uh, you know, final putt um, looked like she was having a lot of fun playing with uh, with um, uh, Elena Sharp and yeah. um, Sarah Jane Smith. Sarah Jane Smith, um, and you know, it's 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 the end of an era, mm -hmm. but it's not over for Lori Keane. Obviously, she's still going to play, but it was a very emotional time. But um, it was so great to uh, to see it. Yeah, uh, so so great to be there to see it and. Um, uh, you know, I, I just I, you know can't say enough about what Lori Kane has done for for golf in Canada, for young ladies uh, taking mm -hmm. up the sport for in charity. Canada, for yeah. charities, for you know yeah. inspirations to people like Brooke and and to mm -hmm. you know Elena and and so many others uh, mm -hmm. that have watched her and and had the opportunity to speak to her. So this was a great uh, big send off on Friday, emotional, but um, uh, but. It was yeah. an awesome, awesome time. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be shy about saying I shed a few tears. Chris Stevenson did as well. Um, you know, uh, my family's from PEI. We've talked about this before, yeah. and um, you know, Lori's a little bit ahead of me, only by five years in age, but certainly, you know, she proved to me that you know people from small towns can do big things. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, I'm getting emotional even talking about yeah. it. I happened to, I happened to TSN uh, 1200 on Saturday when I was talking to Kevin's show. I was starting to well up, but you know. It was neat to see she had her uh, she had her niece charlotte jenkins caddying for her um it was fun especially those last four holes i think i shot 600 photos in those last four yeah. holes whether it was the jersey looking up to you know kind of acknowledge her dad who passed away jack kane four weeks ago um custom head cover she'd made by uh, was made by dormy workshop that included part of her dad's cashmere sweater in it um 
there was just so much to it. It was such an important moment in golf, in golf history in Canada. Uh, Chris, obviously, Chris Stevenson had caddied for her in 1994 at the Ottawa Hunt Club, uh, winning a Canadian t- a women's tour event. 19, yeah, 1994, winning a Canadian women's tour event. And, you know, Lori said to him afterwards, we're all in the scrum area. And she's like, you know, it's full circle. Yep. You know, it's full circle as far as these things. And um, yeah, she was just so gracious during it. It was a hard uh, thing for her. She still wanted to compete. She wanted to, to play super well. But, you know, I think the cool part was she started in pouring rain on Friday, 7, 7, 10 in the morning. It was horrific as far as the weather. But when she putted out, just for those few moments that she putted out on 18 to, to cap off her 30th CP Women's Open, the sun was shining appropriately. And as you mentioned, you know, she's not done with golf. She's going to play senior uh, events, uh, U.S. Senior Open. Um, she'll play when she can. She's certainly going to have a role here in Canadian golf uh, as an ambassador. Uh, amazing work she's done with CP as an ambassador for them as well. And, and she knows that's an important part. And just this is just her opportunity now to step aside as she said and let another canadian get that spot so that someone else she can lift up as she uh has always tried to done during her do during her career so uh yeah thank you laurie they had a big sign up with the thank you laurie out there very appropriately um great send-off everything everybody would have hoped for and uh looking forward to laurie's next chapter beautiful all right lastly uh, lastly, with respect to the CP Women's Open, um, yeah. like many of the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, uh, these professional events, you know, charitable. There's a charitable component that is uh, that is pretty uh, prominent, and yeah, uh, and this one is no, you know, this is incredible uh, that yeah. they raised more than three million dollars. Yeah, for the CP charities. Yeah, the CP Heart Program, the CBS Heart Program, incredible. Uh, you know, two and a half million dollars of that is going to CHEO, uh, Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. Uh, very important uh, support there. Uh, another 510000 is headed towards uh, Smith Falls and the Perth, the hospital foundation in that area, uh, which obviously, you know, Brooke is from that area. So it's nice that they're supporting that as well, because obviously, you know, her participation in this event does drive a lot of those uh you know charitable efforts uh so it's nice that that some of that money is going back into their community as well so you know over three million uh and this these this is what it's about it's not a big it's not a big money making scheme that you know a lot of people don't understand the logistics of these tournaments uh, but the biggest thing here is charity more mm-hmm. than anything and giving back to the community. And, you know, the more that people show up to support this event, the more money that goes back into charity. Exactly. Um, so great to see. And, and again, uh, you know, kudos to CP for the continued support uh, of TO and other regional hospitals. Cool. All right. Well, that puts a big stamp on our wrap up of the CP women's open. Um we're um, obviously we knew that this podcast was going to run a little bit longer than, than yeah. others. So we're going to have to take another quick break uh, and uh, then come back with you and uh, wrap up the show with uh, with the uh, product watch segment and uh, a little last uh, last few uh, words of wisdom from the two of us before we send you on your way for another week. So uh, stay with us when we come back. We're going to uh, we're going to head uh, head and talk to we're going to talk. See, I still can't do it. This is incredibly <laughs> bad. 
this is this is going to be the blooper show if anybody wants to (laughs) we're going to take a quick break now and when we come back we're going to talk product watch so stay with us don't be uh, don't go anywhere at ping our culture of curiosity has been driving innovations for over 60 years innovations like the new g425 iron which brings you greater distance without sacrificing the forgiveness and control you need to play with precision and with free access to the Arcos Caddy system, you'll play smarter and shoot lower scores. The new Ping G425 Iron. Better by every measure. Get fit today. Visit ca.ping.com to learn more about G425. All right, and back again once we are. We, I do thank you for uh, hanging with us, uh, hanging with uh, Scott and myself uh, and me and my whatever state I'm in. Um, anyway, all right. Seems like you're the one that only got two hours sleep a night last week. <laughs> God, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's ridiculous. I think I'm going to go to bed right after I'm done this. All right, sounds um, good. Okay, I digress. Let's talk Product Watch. Product Watch is brought to you by Greensmere Golf and Country Club. Elevate your game at Greensmere. Choose between two great 18-hole championship courses. Distinctively different, definitely challenging. Visit greensmere.com for more information or to book your tee time. So, And, yes, do that. Greensmere is awesome, awesome golf course. It is. Um, so uh, go play. All right, Product Watch. This is your concept. You wanted mm-hmm. to do something a little bit different, as always. We seem to be doing this, something a little different with Product Watch, which is good, because we could just talk about new products all the time, but that would be just crazy yeah. boring. There's just so, so much more to it when you talk about products and equipment. Exactly. And golf, so. so you're kind of looking at doing sort of a what's in the bag plus mm-hmm. uh, some trends. So let's talk about, obviously, we're going to talk about what's in the bag right off the bat with uh, with uh, Paul Arito. Yeah, and actually, this is just a coincidence that Ping happens to be the sponsor. I know this week. it is. And now, try, look at that, that's it, totally, it is a coincidence. I had, I had no idea. Scott had no idea that Ping was the sponsor this week when he uh, <laughs> sent me this, and I'm like, ah, that's a happy accident. <laughs> it was, but uh, you know, it, it just uh, you know, first off, just some observations and things, and we'll get to talking about trends and things that we see in the LPGA Tour. And uh, one thing I should say is that you know we see some things on the LPGA Tour that are more reflective of what you see at your average golf club uh unfortunately on the women's side of the game we don't have these a lot of these big uh commercial deals uh where you know uh, an athlete is sponsored for millions of dollars uh sadly Mm -hmm. um but we do see you know uh, some players that that have one brand kind of through their bag a fair bit. Maybe they yeah. had some allegiance or loyalty through the years. And, and Paul Arito happens to be mostly a, a ping player all the way through. And I'll just give a quick uh, drop. Yeah. And we won't get into too much about what's in her bag. But, uh, you know, driver, she's a ping G425, 90-degree lock, which uh, it turns out is probably one of the most common lofts on the LPG Tour. Uh, three Woods, a uh, ping g425 lst so a low spinning one uh i think she uses it a lot off the tee although i didn't see a lot of that uh this week uh does obviously use it off the deck as well hybrid a ping uh, g425 19 degree loft i can get into all the shafts and people yeah yeah i know there's not really much point um the ping eye blade are her irons she plays four to pitching wedge which i'll get to in a minute we'll talk a little bit about uh iron configurations that we see out on the tour uh, wedges she plays the ping glide 3.0 in 50 degree 56 and 60 degree 
Ping Vault 2.0 answer, and she plays the Titleist Pro V1 ball. So Ping player all mm-hmm. the way through, even yeah. though she doesn't have a Ping bag, she has a, a sponsored bag for another one. Um, but I would say that, you know, Ping drivers are definitely a very common one uh, on the tour. Yeah. And now the neat thing about, you know, the LPGA tour and being a different microcosm, in a lot of cases, these are players that are playing the product that they feel is the best for them. Right. They're not, not paid. Some... They're not necessarily paid to play that product. Correct. Exactly. They're, yeah. they're trying to go for fit. So you see a lot of uh, ping Titleist tailor-made drivers that tend to dominate as far as the, the trends that are out there. A lot of these bags are what I would call agnostic. They're, they're varieties. They basically have a lot of the clubs that are in there talking to a couple of players, some of them will work with the manufacturers. There's some, some reps on site that work with them. Other ones will just work with a club fitter yep. and, and go through a product line and then maybe reach out to the company for a product. Um, but they'll just try to find the best clubs for them. So it's not unusual, especially when you're digging through. And I, I, I didn't dig through. I wasn't sticking my hands at all the golf clubs of all these players. But, you know, being on the driving range at the CP Women's Open, you're able to look down into some of the bags. And, you know, I would see up to five different brands Mm -hmm. in in a bag. And there's something to be learned there. Your set doesn't have to match the clubs in there. It has to match what you need it to do from a performance standpoint. And I think that's what the average golfer can learn from that is that, you know, your set (laughs) doesn't have to have, you know, all the same brand name to it. Your set needs to be the 14 clubs that will help you be the most effective to play the game of golf. Absolutely the way that you want it to be so uh any trends or anything that you saw i don't know if you're how much equipment that you were looking at when you're uh, out there i wasn't looking at a lot of equipment i did notice a lot more uh, and i am noticing this both on the pga tour and the lpga tour but i noticed it a fair bit on the lpga tour so there's a lot more pxg mm. um and uh interestingly enough i i had a conversation with somebody from pxg last week so um you know so there's 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 that I don't know that that's a trend. I just I just happened to notice a lot more. There was a lot more uh, players um, using their clubs, wearing caps, mm-hmm. um, you know, and things like that. So I'm not saying it was like a massive amount or anything like that. I no, just no, no. noticed it a little bit more. Than... Well, some, I would say some brands are being a little bit more aggressive on the LPGA market yeah. than others, for sure. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, you know, high, I mean, one of the things I'm noticing a lot of, and even in my own bag, is is the uh, is where where the irons start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where huge. It's not yeah. um, it's not starting necessarily and going four four to uh, four iron to pitching wedge or four iron to gap wedge anymore. Now you're starting to see or them three start or at, two iron. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're starting to see them start at five. Uh, yeah. You're starting to see them start at six. Mm-hmm. And you know, yes, the lofts are typically stronger than they used to be uh, yeah. but at the same time you're seeing more you know cu- you know a couple of hybrids of fairway wood and a driver at the top end as opposed to just a driver and a fairway wood and a bunch of long irons like yeah. it, it's so i think the hybrids you know just generally the ball goes higher mm-hmm. um yeah. and you know there's less they're easier to get out of the rough mm-hmm. uh, they're easier to get out of more difficult lies and uh, easier to control yeah, uh, than than the iron. So, I mean, I know myself. My set starts at four iron. Right. I uh, probably should start at seven iron. I should probably have a bunch of hybrids <laughs> in there too. But 
See, I yeah. just it's beat on me day. Uh, sorry, sorry, beat on Jeff. me podcast. I just yeah. uh, this I deserve it. Yeah, there's very few long irons out there. You certainly see five to pitching wedge is probably the most common configuration. Uh, more hybrids in there on the top end of the bag, as you mentioned, easier to launch, lower center of gravity easier to hit out of rough. And that's one thing where a lot of players will struggle if they don't have a lot of speed. And, you know, we see some different variances for the PGA Tour versus the LPGA Tour. Obviously, the top end of the LPGA Tour, you have a lot of players that have a fair amount of speed. You have some players that relatively to their skill level don't have a lot of speed, which yeah. makes it a lot more difficult to get out of the rough. And, you know, I witnessed that in a couple of players in the practice round, just watching, they were struggling to get out of the rough, especially when they tried to use a too lofted or too less of a loft in their irons. And it probably would have been better if they'd gone with a, you know, a hybrid situation where you know the mass is a lot lower you can launch the golf ball in the air you can yeah. take advantage of the fact that your, your speed's lower to get the ball up for apex to get carry out of that so you definitely see a lot more five woods uh on the on the lpga tour seven woods as well you're seeing that trend too uh, on the pga tour mm -hmm. Th these greens are you got to remember these golf courses are set up much differently than you would be at home. You know, you've got greens that are 13, they're firmer. They weren't as firm this week at the CP women's open as they normally would be, but there's only two ways to stop a golf ball, either a spin or you have a, a steep angle of descent for the ball to stop. And so you need a golf ball to be coming in from the air. And it's much easier to do that with a five and a seven irons or a five and a seven wood or a hybrid. Mm -hmm. So I would say that definitely, you know, the average golfer should start to explore that area a little bit more, you know, uh, less of the, Oh, I'm going to go driver three wood and let's put a two iron or a three iron mm. in the bag, no. you know, give the, give that a toss out, get some loft in there, you know, check those gaps with your fitters as well to see how you're doing. And, you know, this is a good example in two ways for, for players agnostic, get mm -hmm. the clubs that fit you, you know, as far as your set is concerned and consider clubs that are making it, easier throw away the ego get the clubs that make it easier to hit the golf in there these are world-class players yeah world-class players if you if you put a three iron or four iron in your hand they could they could get their way around the golf course but they also know that if they put a hybrid in there or a five and a seven wood it's going to be easier to launch the ball and stop the ball and that's what they need to do in those gaps so uh, i think if people pay attention to that a little bit more learn from the lpga they'll be much more successful and hey you know what that's that's why we look at some of these things in exactly. product watch very cool all right um i never thought that i would say this at this point during a podcast but god i'm glad that we're at this point <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be saying that's a wrap folks <laughs> it's time for us to get out but yes yeah. that uh that is a wrap on another episode of the uh, flagstick podcast um obviously before we close everything out two ball championship coming up next weekend at brothel yes. country club um we still do have a few spots left um Grab them and if now. you want to get in, do it now because they have to close the registration to be able to formulate the draw and everything. Uh, course setup is we've already gone through that. We did our pin positions yesterday. Um, like we're ready to rock. Um, yep. And we'd like to see a few more teams in there. So uh, go to flagstick.com and uh, get yourself registered for the two ball. That's that. All right. Now we're shutting it down. I'm shutting it down. Scott may have a 
bowl of energy and ready to go here, but I'm out. Um, <laughs> thanks to all our sponsors this week, uh, as always, Metcalf Golf Club, Golf Sim Gurus, Greensmere Golf and Country Club, Kevin Heem Golf School, and our presenting sponsor this week, Ping Golf Canada. If you're looking to improve your game, then you need to check out the entire family of G425 drivers, fairway woods, hybrids, and irons at ca.ping.com. Um, I am glad you listened in and or watched uh, this episode. Uh, be sure to follow us across all social media networks, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Audible, Apple Podcasts. Don't Got forget to subscribe to, to, the, U- to the YouTube channel. <laughs> like us and click the notification bell to make sure you never miss a single episode because you'd miss this kind of an episode and you don't <laughs> want to miss this kind of an episode. Get over to flagstick.com for more amazing golf content delivered every single day. Uh, As always, we do appreciate you tuning in. And until next week when I'm more awake, I am Jeff Botter. (laughs) I'm Scott McLeod. And always remember, go for the stick.